Today on A Beautiful World, we're talking about the gift of failure, which was inspired by our next guest. Sarah Lewis is known for her work on President Barack Obama's Arts Policy Committee. She's also been selected for Oprah's Power List and is a faculty member at Yale University. Her new book is called The Rise, Creativity, the Gift of Failure, and the Search for Mastery. For 15 years, Sarah Lewis searched for hidden stories about the lives and inventors and artists and everyone else she could find who had built their rises from improbable foundations. She found out that MLK received C's in his oratory class twice. Thomas Edison claimed he hadn't failed. He'd just found 10,000 ways something wouldn't work. J.K. Rowling felt that rock bottom was a solid foundation on which to build. And Samuel Morris spent 26 years trying to be a painter before he invented the telegraph. I spoke to Miss Lewis live at the UBS Forum in downtown St. Paul. And my first question was, why is it important for all of us to talk about failure? We find ourselves in a kind of a company And I think there's comfort in that, in knowing that the path towards what some might call success, what I really look at more as mastery, is actually aided by the very things that we'd like to avoid. When I was putting together all these stories and and reading your wonderful book, I kind of, there were two things that kind of kept coming up, it seemed, for me. There are two important ways to turn a mistake into a miracle. Endurance, first, to endure the blow or the put down or the setback, to endure it, Mm -hmm. and then to observe it. That's a really important part of the process. I love the way you put that. My favorite story that speaks to the importance of doing both, you know, enduring a failure but then observing it, is that of Andre Geim and Konstantin Novoselov, who just won the Nobel Prize for the discovery of the first ever two-dimensional object on the Earth called graphene. And it's thinner than silk, this material, you know, stronger than steel, the most conductive material they've ever found. If you created a car out of this material, it could drive through any wall in existence, but it would be lighter than almost a feather. You know, it's amazing, right? How do they discover this material? <laughs> Two things. They created a safe haven for themselves, right, through these Friday night experiments they'd have where they would play with really outlandish ideas. that They, they kind of set aside time set aside to time. muck about. Exactly. And they mucked about in ways that were really childlike. They used scotch tape and graphite to find this wonder material. That's it. And it was so rudimentary and so childlike that when they submitted their findings to Nature, the preeminent journal, they rejected it. They, they told them that they did not, it did not constitute a significant scientific advance which Andre Geim, of course, quoted back in his Nobel Prize speech. Uh, it was That's got to be a good moment. <laughs> <laughs> and he, his idea is that it's better to be wrong than boring, you know. So he <laughs> creates these Friday night experiments where they can endure these failures and, and also observe them. You know? Would you consider reading an excerpt for us? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So this is uh, Sarah Lewis reading an excerpt from her book, The Rise, Creativity, the Gift of Failure, and the Search for Mastery. Tennessee Williams felt that apparent failure motivated him. He said, it sends me back to my typewriter that very night, before the reviews are out. I'm more compelled to get back to work than if I had a success. Many have heard that Thomas Edison told his assistant, incredulous at his perseverance through jillions of reported attempts, I have not failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Quote, only one look is enough 
Hardly one copy would sell here. Hardly one. Hardly one. Many thanks. Read part of the rejection letter that Gertrude Stein received from a publisher in 1912. The 1930s RKO screen test response, can't sing, can't act, balding, can dance a little, was in reference to Fred Astaire. We hear more stories from commencement speakers, from J.K. Rowling to Steve Jobs to Oprah Winfrey, who move past bromides to tell the audience of the uncommon means through which they came to live to the heights of their capacity. Yet the anecdotes of advantages gleaned from moments of potential failure are often considered cliche or insights applicable to some, not lived out by all. This book is about the advantages that come from the improbable grounds of creative endeavor brilliant inventions and human feats that have come from labor, an endeavor that offers the world a gift from the maker's soul. All of these involve a path aided by the possibility of setbacks and the inestimable gains that experience can provide. This book rarely uses the word failure, though it is at the heart of its subject. The word failure is imperfect. Once we begin to transform it, it ceases to be that any longer. The term is also... Sorry, the term is always slipping off the edges of our vision, not simply because it's hard to see without wincing, but because once we are ready to talk about it, we often call the event something else. A learning experience, a trial, a reinvention, no longer the static concept of failure. The word was, after all, not designed for us, but to assess creditworthiness in the 19th century, a term for bankruptcy, a seeming dead end forced to fit human worth. Perhaps a 19th century synonym comes closer, blankness, a poetic term then used for the experience of wiping clean that this whole event can provide. Blankness hints too at the limitlessness that often comes next. Trying to find a precise word to describe the dynamic is fleeting, like attempting to locate francium, an alkali metal measured but never isolated in any quantity or seen in any way that the eye can detect, one of the most unstable enigmatic elements on the earth. No one knows what it looks like in an appreciable form, but there it is, scattered throughout ores and the earth's crust. Many of us have a similar sense that these implausible rises must be possible, but the stories tend to stay strewn throughout our lives never coalescing into a single dynamic. As it is with an archer's target panic, an experience widely felt but not often glimpsed, the phenomenon remains hidden and little discussed. Partial ideas do exist, resilience, reinvention, and grit, but there's no one word to describe the passing yet vital constant truth that just when it looks like winter, it is spring. So beautiful. This book is so well and incredibly researched. You know, know, at the back of the book, you have all your references, and it's it's a big piece of the book itself. So, how did you do your research? How did you choose, you know, where to go looking for these stories? Yeah, the terror of a contract is a good motivating force. (laughs) Deadlines, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's truly part of what animated the process. But, um, you know, there's a lot of yeoman work, plowing work, that happens when you research, you know. And I approached it uh, with that kind of energy, but I'm also a curator. You know, I curated at MoMA and the Tate Modern. And as a curator, the question I'm always 
thinking about is what are we failing to see? And what can I then give a platform to that would enrich our lives by having seen it? And that's the same kind of method that I used when I did this research. What story are we missing? What does it deprive us of to not know about Samuel Morse, right? Or Ben Saunders, or Arctic explorer Ben Saunders, or these Nobel Prize winners. And when, this, when the story gripped me and kind of gave me chills in that sense, with that kind of filter on it, then I knew it was right for the book. That's exactly how I pick stories and authors for this show. It's got to get me in the gut. And I don't, it's not even a mathematical equation. It just has to hit me on an authentic level. Exactly. And then I find that other people respond to it as well. So a story could have all the, you know, logically we should do this story, but it just doesn't hit you. Exactly. I think instinct is our highest form of intelligence, you know, and that's a lot of what we're talking about. So um, this, this quote, what you just said reminded me of it. The gift of failure is a riddle, like the number zero. It is a void and also the start of infinite possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that in one of my moments of terror. <laughs> and I was holding on to that idea because that's you, really what started the book. Do you have and, moments of terror? This is a difficult topic to write about. <laughs> you know, it hasn't been discussed. It's very, it's pioneering territory, really, which um, is on my mind a lot because I'm, I'm thinking also about my Angelie's recent passing and how much her life inspired this book. The epigraph uh, has a quote of hers there. And how much, for me, the idea about the resilience and the power of the human spirit is what I wanted to honor with this book, you know. So the riddle, the gift of failure, the riddle of failure really had, for me, um, it was a way to examine uh, the paradox of this human spirit, that it's sometimes seemingly indomitable, you know. And that, that, I think, is what Maya Angelou's work oftentimes is really about, at its core. Uh, here, I'll just, I'll just say one line from it. I think I feel her kind of smiling down. <laughs> she says, we may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. That sounds goody two-shoes, I know. But I believe that a diamond is the result of extreme pressure and time. Less time is crystal. Less than that is coal. Less than that is fossilized leaves. Less than that and it's just plain dirt. In all my work, in the movies I write, the lyrics, the poetry, the prose, the essays, I'm saying that we may encounter many defeats. Maybe it's imperative we encounter the defeats. But we are much stronger than we appear to be and maybe much better than we allow ourselves to be. That was Sarah Lewis speaking live to us at the UBS Forum in downtown St. Paul. Her new book is called The Rise, Creativity, the Gift of Failure, and the Search for Mastery. I'm Heather McElhatton, and this is A Beautiful World from American Public Media.